Hello, everybody. Welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad you tuned into this broadcast today. In just a moment, you and I are going to get into the Word of God together. But before we do, let me say something to you about that. We believe at this ministry that the most important thing you will do with your life or any at any point during your day is give your attention to the Word of God just like you're doing right now, turning your eyes and your ears towards the word of God, finding out what God would have to say to you. You know, Jesus said it like this. He said, he who would come to me and hear my words and then do my words, he said, that person is like somebody who built their house upon a rock. And that is the order we're supposed to live our lives in. Every day of our lives, we come to Jesus. We hear his words, but even that is not the end of it. What are we supposed to do after that? We become doers of the word that we hear. So I encourage you today, as you tune into this broadcast, you, you've already got the first part down. You're coming before the Lord, not here to hear from another man or a woman. You're here to hear from him, to hear from the Father, to hear uh, through Jesus and his Holy Spirit. You're here to hear his word, not my word, not my idea, not my opinion, his word. But then what do you do after that? you become a doer of that word. And Jesus said, when you do it, it's like building your house, building your life upon a rock. And when the rains can't come and the storms come, that house is not going anywhere because you're built on a firm foundation. And that's what this ministry is about. That, that's, that is everything that we do here is, is to get you the word of God. That's what this broadcast is about. That's what PearsonsMinistries.com, our website, is all about, to give you the word of God. It's the reason we've developed several different podcasts that are all available to you just to preach to you, to serve you with the word of God. We've got an app that's available to you. And guess what that app's for? It's for getting you the word of God. We believe that the word of God has the power to change your life. You know, man's greatest need is not physical. It's not material. It's not natural. Man's greatest need is spiritual. And that need is only met in the word of God and you need his word. I'm telling you, you need the word of God more than you need your next meal. The scripture tells us that we need to be nourished up in the words of faith. You need the word of faith coming into your life because it strengthens you. It encourages you. It, it, it encourages you to keep going and to stay with it and don't be a quitter. And that's what you're gonna hear about today on this broadcast, words of faith that are here to serve you and to nourish you up and to strengthen you in Jesus' name. So there's a number of ways, like I've already said, you can get the word of God through this ministry, through our broadcast, our podcast, our website, and our app. All of it exists to serve this generation with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in this day of grace, how to experience a whole life prosperity, that's prospering spirit, soul, and body, and to teach you how to raise your family in the household of faith. That's what we're all about. So let's get into the word of God together. I believe you'll be blessed by what you hear today. Stay tuned. I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. Children are expert receivers. Do you remember what Jesus said about this? It was in the book of um, Matthew. You don't have to turn there, just listen to this. Matthew chapter 18, verse three, Jesus said, assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, unless you're converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now he's telling us to be childlike, not childish. And there is a difference. He said, but you're gonna have to be converted and be like one of them. And what are one of them? 
expert receivers. Expert receivers. As a matter of fact, it takes a lot of years and a lot of wrong teaching to learn how to put up this fake false front of a false humility that says, oh, I couldn't. I can't. It's too much. It's too nice. If you look at what Jesus went on to say, right in the very next verse, he said, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So it's not humility to reject. It's humility to receive. Pride is a bad receiver. It's bad. This is why the Spirit of God said through Paul there in Ephesians chapter 2, you're saved by grace through faith, this not of yourselves, not of works, so that any man should boast. What's he saying? Hey, it's a gift. And the gift is to be received. You are not to receive Jesus and say, thanks God, this is awesome, I'll pay you back. The moment you are thinking and talking in terms of paying back, then it's no longer a gift. In your minds, you are owed it. You are deserving of it. And this is why the Spirit of God was so specific. Hey, listen, listen, this is a gift. You need to know this. I'm giving it to you, and it's a gift, and you didn't work for it. This is not of works, and there is no boasting in this. You cannot boast. It's not of works. Why would he have to say that? Because the nature, remember we talked about the nature? The nature of the flesh is pride. And pride wants to be able to look at what it has and say, look what I did. Look what I made. Look what I amassed. We all deal with this. We all know this feeling. Man, I deal with this just doing stuff around the house. There's just something that kind of swells up in me if I do anything at all handy because it's not often. Sarah bought us some new filters for our shower head. I installed them. All by myself. Yesterday. And they work. They, they work now. They, at first it was, it was a little wonky, but they work now. And there is this thing that just rises up on the inside. I'm a man. Look what I did. Look what I installed, right? Change that light bulb. You know I did. And there's this thing that rises up in the flesh and it's called pride that wants to point at what you got and say, I made that. I, I, I have amassed this. And we do it with the bank account, we do it with the house, we do it with the car, we do it with the relationships. We wanna look at what we have and if it's good, we wanna say, me, man, look what me have made. <laughs> I say it like that because that's gotta be the way it sounds in the ears of God. So Neanderthal, so, so just gibberish, me, man, me make fire. What do you think it sounds like to God? Look at the living that I've made. God's like, oh, really? cute. There's no boasting in this. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that took humility. Am I right? That took humility to say, uh, Jesus, um, I've been God, I've been Lord, and I made a mess. I need you to be. That takes humility. 
There's no boasting in this. It takes recognizing, I see what you're doing for me. It's not based on me. Not based on what I've worked for, earned, or deserve. It's a gift. Thank you. I receive it. But what is it that got into our thinking that caused us to be good with receiving that gift by faith, but then thinking anything else from God we got to earn, we got to deserve? It's not true. The Bible says that if he spared not his own son, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Here's the great news. God is a giver and Jesus is the gift. But he ain't done giving. From the moment you were born again, that starts your walk with him. And what is that walk? Him giving, you receiving. Him giving, you receiving. Him giving, you receiving. You made Jesus the Lord of your life. Wonderful. Now what? Hey, I've got a Holy Spirit for you to be baptized in. Well, okay, but how do I get him? I mean, is there a box to check? Is there a form to fill out? What do I have to do to deserve that? No, 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 no. Stop it. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift of grace. This Holy Spirit is a gift of his grace. Okay, well, how? Huh? It, it, surely it takes days and weeks and months of praying and fasting. No, you receive it. It's a gift of grace that you receive by faith. And you walk with him. And through the course of your walk, you feel something in your body. It's not right. It's a sickness. It's a disease. And you think, okay, Lord, what are we going to do about this? He says, oh, it's okay. I got a gift. I've got a gift for you. It's my grace. Okay, but how, what do I got to do to pay you for that? No, 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 no. Receive it. But when he offers it, can I just make a suggestion? Don't say to him, oh, I couldn't. It's too much, Lord. It's too nice. Thanks, but no. Stupid things people say. Now, I didn't say the people were stupid, okay? But we say things that are just stupid, not scriptural. Are you a good receiver? Children are our example in this. And he said, you're going to have to humble yourself like a child. Pride is a bad receiver. But let me tell you this. Go to the book of Mark with me, chapter 11, to another familiar scripture to you. Look at some things Jesus said about this. How to be a good receiver. Because if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to learn how to be a receiver. Because he is not just a giver, the giver. In Mark chapter 11, it says in verse 24, Jesus is speaking, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. Whatever things, when you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you'll have them. Now, I think if most people were to reinterpret this verse in a more modern way that, that fits with most of what's being said from church platforms and pulpits all over the world, it would probably say something like, when you pray and you ask something, wait and see. And if you get it, then you'll know it was God's will for you to have it. And if you don't, then you'll know it wasn't his will for you to have it. In other words, they're saying, wait and see if you receive. 
But what did Jesus say? What came first? What came before receiving? Believing. Believing. And you know this is true with your salvation. How were you born again? You believed in your heart. And you said with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And you received Christ Jesus the Lord. That was grace through faith. Well, everything else in life works the exact same way. Whether it's receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving your healing, receiving wisdom, receiving restoration, receiving abundance, whatever it is, you've got to recognize this is God's grace and I receive it by faith or I receive it by first believing. I don't, be- I don't wait to see it before I believe it. I believe it first. Being a good receiver requires you to be a believer. You cannot be a receiver without first being a believer. Jesus put the emphasis here on believing and then receiving. And we know that believing comes before seeing because the book of Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 16. You don't have to turn there. He said this in verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What signs, uh, who do these signs follow? The skeptic, the doubter, the unbeliever, the questioner. No, the believer. These signs follow the believer. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. That's receiving the gift of God's grace of healing. What brought that in from the, from the unseen world into the seen world? It was somebody being a believer. You've got to be a believer. And when I talk about being a believer, I mean being quick to believe. I'm not talking about being gullible and just believing anything everybody says. But when it comes to the word of God, I'm talking about being quick to believe it. Whether your brain comprehends it all right there in that moment or not. Being quick to say, I believe that. I believe that. Jesus had told his disciples on so many different occasions. The son of man's going to have to go to the cross. He'll be crucified. He'll be dead. He'll be buried. He'll be raised again on the third day. He told them and he told them and he told them and he told them. And then when it all happened, they were so depressed and grieved. Why? Because he's dead and he's gone. And then the women went to the tomb and they saw the tomb was empty and they ran back and they told the disciples he's risen. And they were like, you're crazy. He's not. He's dead. And finally, when Jesus came walking through the wall into the room, you would have thought that it would have been like, Jesus, oh, it's so good to see you. And Jesus would have been like, my brothers, my sisters. But you know what? He was mad. Read it for yourself. Jesus rebuked these guys for what? Their unbelief. He's looking for faith. Come on. He's looking for faith. Church, you going to let me preach this morning or what? We can teach and that's a good thing, but I got to preach on me a little bit today. He's looking for faith. It's what he's been looking for since time began. 
He said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? He's looking for somebody who believes. Why? Because a believer is a receiver. This is what so thrills him about finding a believer. Oh, I can finally get something into somebody's life because they'll take me at my word and believe me and that I'll do what I said I would do. He's looking for faith. Go to the book of Mark with me, chapter 9. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 9, starting verse 14. It says, when he came talking about Jesus to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? One from the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. This, this young boy is dealing with seizures. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said, oh, what? Faithless. Faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. They brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Don't you love Jesus? He's so cool. He's standing there, crowd of people around. They bring this boy and immediately when that that spirit driving this thing comes into the presence of Jesus, tries to show off, show out, throws him on the ground. This seizure hits him. And instead of panicking, Jesus goes, huh, how long has this been happening? It's like, well, what does it matter how long it's been happening? What's he showing? He's in control here. I'm not letting this thing push me around. How long has this been happening? The boy's father responded, said from childhood, and often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But listen to this. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And it sounds like a good prayer. And it's what I dare say most Christian people all over the world are praying today. If you can do this, Lord, have compassion and help us. But I want you to notice what Jesus did. Man, he flipped the script on this guy. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. The guy said, Jesus, if you can. And Jesus said, if I can. It's if you can. Come on, are you listening to me? Jesus said, it's not about what I can. Can you, if you can believe, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Or in other words, anybody can receive anything if they will believe. All things are receivable if you can believe it. And you know what this guy shouted out? I love it. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And evidently, you can pray that. Because Jesus turned around and cast the spirit out of this young boy and he was healed right then and there. 
Where was the power in this man's prayer? Lord, I believe. And if there's anything in me that's not believing, I need your help with that. I don't want any unbelief in me whatsoever. Let's get rid of that trash. Let's get rid of that junk. I ain't unbelieving anymore. I believe. Help me with anything else. And Jesus said, I like it. I like it. You became a receiver when you became a believer. And he cast the spirit out of that boy. And he was healed. Thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Romans with me. Chapter four. Say it out loud. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Pray that today. Pray that. Be honest with the Lord about it. This is one of the things that makes you a good receiver. Honesty. Honesty. Lord, I got some unbelief in me. And I don't like it. I don't want it. And I'm asking for your help with it. Honesty. Be honest with God. He can work with anybody who'll just be honest with him. You can't fool him. You can't trick him. You can't hide a thing from him. So just be honest. Lord, I'm believing you, but I see some unbelief in here. I need your help with it. I want to look at Romans chapter four about another believer, a very famous believer, a man named Abraham. In in Romans chapter four, starting verse one, it says, what then shall we say that Abraham, our father has found concerning or according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Abraham did what? Believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. He did a lot of things. You go back and study this man's life and there were some wonderful works that came out of his life. But it wasn't the works first that justified him before God. It was Abraham believing God and him putting corresponding action to his faith. Does that make sense to you? Oh, he did some works, man. Every time God told him to do something, you know what he said? Okay. And I mean every time. No matter how big or small the request was, Abraham obeyed God. Well, all that means is he believed God. He trusted God. And God had finally found a man who would take him at his word. He'd finally found somebody that would just believe him. He'd probably been looking all over the earth for somebody that would just believe him, that would believe what he said. And man, the the guy he found that he wanted to be the father of many nations, you know, man, how many kids this father of many nations had? Exactly zero. And yet God called him father of many nations. And you know what Abraham said? Okay. Believed him, took him at his word. And the Bible says it was accounted to him for righteousness. And his righteousness was not according to his works. It was because he believed. Now verse four says, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. In other words, if you think you're earning something from God, your mentality is God, you owe me. Is there anybody in here that would raise a hand and say that God came to you on your salvation day, knocking on your door. And when you answered, he said, wow. I tell you what, I'm impressed with you. You have just done it all right. You've kept every law. You've obeyed every statute. I am impressed. And you know what? I owe you some salvation. 
Anybody at all? Ushers, help me. Do we have any hands in here this morning that raised and said, God owed me salvation? No. I said, no. He didn't owe you anything. Oh, but he gave you everything as a gift. It's all a gift of his grace. How do you receive it? By faith. This isn't debt. God doesn't owe you. It's a gift of his grace. Now, fast forward to verse 13. It says, the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath. Where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, listen, verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise, he said, might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. Verse 17, as it's written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not, which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was written, so shall your descendants be. That's, I know that's a lot, but think about what he's saying here. God calls those things that be not, uh, those things that don't exist, those things that be not as though they were, as though they did. So he looked at this childless man, this old man and his old wife who couldn't have a baby when she was young. And he called them father, mother of many nations. And he said, that's what they are right now. With no kids, he called them the father, the Abraham, the father of many nations. Not one day you will be. No, that's what you are right now. That's what you are right now. And what did Abraham say? Okay. Just believe God. Took him at his word. And he says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. The word hope literally means expectation. Did Abraham or Sarah have any natural reason to expect a child whatsoever? No. They're both way past the time in their life where that's possible anymore. And yet, with no natural reason to expect, what was he doing? Expecting, believing. He called me father, I'm father. The man changed his name. A name that would mean father of many nations. Why? He said so. He said so. And God's like, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast today. I pray you were strengthened. I pray you were encouraged by the word that you heard. But more than that, more than that, I pray you become a doer of the word that you've heard today, not just a hearer only. Put it into practice. And when you do, God blesses it. When you put his word into practice, it's like building your house on a rock. Before we leave this uh, broadcast today, let me give you an opportunity to sow back into the word that you've heard. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter six, let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap.
If you've heard something today on this broadcast or at any time past that has been a blessing to you, strengthened you, brought light and revelation to you, then the thing you and I are supposed to do when that happens for us is go back before the Lord and say, how do you want me to respond to this? How do I share? How do I respond to the word I've heard so that others hear the same word and their lives are changed by it too? So find out today if you've got a financial assignment with us in this ministry, bring your offering before the Lord. There's a number of ways you can get involved with us financially. All the information you need right right now is on the bottom of your screen. You can use that address that you see. You can give online at pearsonsministries.com. Or if you're inside the United States, you can text your offering. Just text LTV and any dollar amount to 28950. Thank you so much today. We're so blessed that you tuned into this. We love you and we'll see you again next time on Legacy TV.